Welcome to People's Church. Before we get to this week's message with Pastor Tom Murray, we want you to know that you matter to your Heavenly Father and you matter to us. People's Church is a multi-generational faith community in Salem, committed to knowing Christ and making Him known. Sunday morning worship services at our Salem campus are at 8.30, 10, and 11.30. Watch messages anytime and plan your visit at peopleschurch.com. We pray this practical biblical teaching is encouraging, challenging, and possibly even life-changing. A conversation I remember and I overheard years ago reminded me that anything that you say publicly in front of a pastor may end up as a future sermon illustration. So I overheard this dad speaking and he was saying how he does not go to church but he said, I might go to church if I could get into the service without having to talk to anybody in the lobby, if I could go through the service without having to be uh, pressured to serve in the nursery or to attend a potluck, and if I could leave the service without having to talk to anybody on the way back out. There are people who are in your life, if you are a regular part of worship services, there are people in your life who do not understand why you do what you do. They do not understand why we do what we do. Now you come in a little bit later if you're just starting with us at 11.30, but for those who get up at 8.30, and even if you're coming in later, they're in their pajamas, and they're wondering, why does my neighbor get leave every Sunday morning? Why does my neighbor forego playing golf on Sunday to attend church. Uh, why would they miss the early NFL games to be in church? That is something that, uh, you know, in the, when we lived in central time zone and eastern time zone, the football games don't start until after church is over. So here on the West Coast, football fans, you pay a greater sacrifice to be part of what God is doing. There are others who would say that they are followers of Christ, but they have decided through whatever set of circumstances that this is something that I'm going to do on my own. I don't need the faith community, they would say. I, I'm a follower of Christ. I do church by myself in my house, and I don't need the gathering in a building with other people peace. So it's on this that we begin our brand new four-week series called Rooted. Rooted. If you're here for the very first time, you're here on a great week because we're starting something brand new today. Rooted, Rooted is all about the strength that comes when we connect our personal faith journey to our connection to a local church. Some of you are in a very different place from that dad who desired to get in and get out without being detected. You are saying, I want to take the next step of engagement with my local church. I want to be more involved. I want to know the path on how to do it. Rooted is a message series that we are going to go through all together as a church family. And when we're done after these four weeks, Rooted is going to live on as the onboarding path for those who are new and want to plug into church life, those who want to serve, and those who would like the option of becoming a member of the church. And when you're a member, it gives you a voice and a vote in our biggest decisions. 
So let me give you a quick overview of the next few weeks. Today we're introducing the concept of what it means to live a rooted life. Next week, September 25th, session one, believe. Session two, belong, is October 22nd, and it's a two-for-one on October 9th. Uh, session number three is highly interactive, and we could not find a way to adequately do this all together in the sanctuary. So because that session is so uh, leans so heavily on inter interaction, that day we will be offering session three in our conference center at the same time that we are offering session four in the sanctuary. So the idea would be if you come at 11 30 typically you would go to session three in the conference center and then come here right after or you could attend 10 o'clock here in the sanctuary and then go to the conference rooms at 11:30. and our ask is for everyone who is currently serving or who desires to serve to go through rooted and if you come next week we have a special gift for you uh, we have a team that has been for many months working on compiling a guidebook that will be our guide through the Rooted series. So PC Kids leaders, PC Youth leaders, hosts, parking lot, tech team, worship team, security team, greeters, girls ministries leaders, Royal Ranger leaders, anywhere that you may wear a lanyard on our campus with your name on it, we want you to go through Rooted because, 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 something incredible happens when we serve and we're all on the same page, when we're all working from the same foundation, and that is at the heart of what Rooted is. And the good news is that you're here today. You didn't even know you were coming to this, and here you are, and you've already got one week down. If it is your desire to go through Rooted, and at the end be ready to serve in an area of the church, this is what we're asking you to do. We have a check-in station that is right outside these doors, and after we're done in here today, we simply would ask that you would check in today and for the next four weeks so that we know that you went through rooted and you are ready to serve after we get done with doing this as a as a church family all together rooted will be offered in a small group format for those who are ready to take the next step of church engagement today we want to look at a verse from colossians that is our foundation verse for the series and then we're going to hang out in a psalm in the old testament for a little bit and what we're going to see today is that there is a difference between going to church and being part of the church. There's a difference between going to church and being part of the church. If you are a follower of Christ, what God has called us to, our lifelong pursuit is to become more like Jesus every day. Our lifelong pursuit as followers of Christ is to be more like Jesus today than we were yesterday, to be more like Jesus tomorrow than we are today. And if you would say, in a moment of honesty, that actually progressively, you say, I'm a follower of Christ, but over the last weeks, months, or years, actually I'm becoming, I've been becoming less and less like Jesus Christ. That's called backsliding. And there's no better day than today than to reset and to refocus on committing each and every day to becoming more like Jesus. What we'll see is that in our pursuit of becoming more like Jesus, Yes, we absolutely need that solo, alone, one-on-one -on -one time with our Heavenly Father in personal Bible reading, personal devotions, personal prayer, allowing the Holy Spirit to bring the Word of God to life. 
and also, and also, not either or, and also, it's God's idea, it's God's idea that life pursuing Christ will happen in community with other believers. So the foundation verse of this series is Colossians 2, verse 7. Colossians 2, verse 7. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Let your roots grow down into Jesus and let your lives be built on Jesus. Then, what's the result? Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Let your roots grow down into Christ. Let your lives be built on him. In this illustration, Jesus Christ is the soil and you are the plant. You will grow strong in the truth you were taught, Paul writes. You will overflow with thankfulness. This is so good because Paul, writing to the church in Colossae then and to us now, tells us what to do and the results, what we can expect. The result, strengthen the truth, overflowing with gratitude. And so one of the questions to wrestle with today, do you want to be strong? Do you want to be strong not in opinions? Do you want to be strong not in whatever culture is happens to be approving today. Do you want to be strong in the truth, in alignment with the teachings of Jesus Christ and the word of God that we find in the Bible, that truth? How about this? Do you want a life overflowing, overflowing, overflowing with gratitude? The path to get there is roots in Christ, a life built on Jesus, on Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. So much of this is our individual commitment to reading the Bible, allowing the Holy Spirit to bring life to God's word, steadfast, consistent prayer. So what's the why? What's, what's the, why is it so important? Why is strength in the truth so valuable? Why is strength in God's truth even essential? Here's why. Because so much in 2022, West Coast America, so much is coming against the truth. The truth of God is under assault. Where God's word is clear, the enemy wants to bring confusion. And don't miss this, knowing the truth, knowing the truth equips you to identify the confusion. Knowing the truth equips you to see the deception when it comes at you. Some of you have tried the choose your own truth. Some of you have tried the make your own truth, live your own truth, only to realize that a life built on a self-centered truth, which isn't really truth, life built on self ultimately leads to emptiness, regret, loneliness, and lack of purpose. Many of you would be here today and you would say, I've been following Jesus for a long time. I know the truth. I know what Jesus teaches. I know what the Bible says. And you would say, there are moments when I feel discouraged. There are moments 
You feel discouraged because it appears like the deception and the confusion is succeeding. It feels like the deception and confusion is winning. You see things like influencers going around parents through schools and through screens to shape the minds of the next generation outside of parental leadership. You see things like the devaluing of life. You see things like vandalism and violence, gender confusion, identity confusion. You see things like those who take advantage of the vulnerable for personal gain. You see what is good being called out as evil and you, seeing, you see what is evil being held up as good. And there are times you feel discouraged. What if I told you that frustration over wickedness and evil appearing to succeed, frustration over that, it's actually nothing new. It's been happening for thousands of years. We can see in the Old Testament writings going back 3,000 years and more, cries out to God like Psalm 73, 2, for I was envious of the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. We see raw, real questions in the Bible. God, why are you allowing evil and wickedness to succeed while the truth is trashed and good and good people seem to suffer? Why, God? If you have felt that way, you'd have something in common with the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah 12.1, why does the way of the wicked prosper? Why do all who are treacherous thrive? If you've had a question if you've struggled and wrestled like Jeremiah, how would God respond? How would God respond? Look at Psalm 92, verse 7, and we can read this as a response to questions like that. Psalm 92, 7. Though the wicked sprout like weeds and evildoers flourish, they will be destroyed forever. Though the wicked sprout like weeds, and evildoers flourish, they will be destroyed forever. This one verse resets our perspective on the success of evil, the success of wickedness, when it seems like confusion seems to be winning the day. This takes us from a short-range view to a long-range view, because evil may succeed for a season, but whatever is against God will ultimately fail. Think about weeds. Think about weeds. I have a picture, and I promise you I did not go around to try to find uh, the home of a church member to take a picture of your yard. Weeds can grow rapidly. Weeds can take a lot of ground in a hurry. Weeds can grow tall and thick no matter how tall, no matter how thick weeds grow, in God's view, they are useful for next to nothing. Weeds do not produce food. Weeds do not produce fruits and vegetables. Weeds cannot be used to construct anything. Weeds make awful building materials. Wicked, evil, confusion, deception, these things may produce results that are praised by people and culture, but the weeds are not producing anything that is God-honoring. God is not accomplishing his purposes on this planet through deception, confusion, and evil. 
evil and wickedness in God's view are like dead grass and weeds, useless, no value. So what does this mean for us today? If you are living in a way that is opposed to God's ways, if you are representing, if you are advancing, if you are leading plans that run in opposition to God's ways, you need to know eventually the time is going to run out. Eventually God's patience will run out. Eventually God's patience will end. And also, no matter how deeply entangled you are in the weeds of what is against God, God loved you so much and loves you so much that he sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for you. And if you would be here today challenged in your spirit because you would say, I've been living my life against God's ways. I have represented things and I have advanced plans that are clearly evil and opposed to God. You have the choice to say, I'm not going to take one step further in that direction. You can make the decision to repent. And the word repent simply means to turn away from what is against God and turn toward a loving Heavenly Father who is waiting with open arms to receive you and forgive you, not by your own good works, but through grace and mercy and forgiveness and the blood shed by Jesus Christ on that cross. Because when Jesus Christ defeated death, he defeated it for all who would receive him and follow him as a free will offering. Maybe you've liked the first part of the message. We're about to get to my favorite part of today. Maybe you've actually been looking at the new screen or the lights or something. I promise you, you don't want to miss the next part. If wickedness and evil and sin are like weeds and dead grass, what about those who are following Christ? What does the Bible say about those who are under God's covering, who are desiring to live a life under the covering of the Heavenly Father? Look at Psalm 92, verse 12. This is so good. But the godly, the godly will flourish like palm trees and grow strong like the cedars of Lebanon. Here, those who are living life, running after God under the covering of our Heavenly Father, living life pursuing Christ, God's Word compares us not to one tree, but two types of trees the palm tree, and the cedars of Lebanon. Maybe you know something about these trees. What I will assure you is that when you know more about these trees, the connection to life following God, and how why God would use these as an illustration is so powerful. Let's talk about the Lebanon cedar. Lebanon today is a tiny country in the Middle East. Cedar trees that grow in this region were and continue to be highly sought after. These trees produce an incredibly durable wood. These cedars, the way God designed them, actually resist decay in an incredible way, and they even resist tiny insect pests. Wow. This is also, uh, this is good. The cedar of Lebanon, these trees are also 
strongly, highly desired because they have a very attractive smell. Go ahead and smell the person next to you. No, just kidding. The cedars of Lebanon have a very attractive aroma. And when I learned that about the cedar of Lebanon, it reminded me of what it says in 2 Corinthians 2.15. For we, this is Christians, followers of Christ, for we as followers of Christ are the aroma of Christ to God. For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. A cedar of Lebanon can live for more than a thousand years. If you want to right now, you could Google Maps where Lebanon is, and you don't have to know much about the region of where that country is in the Middle East, that this is a nation, this is an area, a region that has been overwhelmed by wars and conflict over the years, over the centuries. This is a region that has faced incredible natural disasters long-standing droughts, devastating droughts, conflict internal and external, yet the cedars of Lebanon survive. The cedars of Lebanon remain. When the Bible, in the Old Testament and New Testament, when we see references to palm trees, most often it is referencing the date palm tree the date palm tree, which is very uh, common in this Middle East region. The date palm is essential to life in the region where these trees grow. Every part of the date palm is useful. The leaves of the date palm over the centuries have been used for roofing and siding on homes. The leaves are so sturdy that they have been used to build fences to keep out the winds and to keep out wild animals. The top of the date palm can be removed and used to make ropes. The date kernels provide food for animals, particularly camels. Even the seeds of the date palm have been used as beads for jewelry. And what I've just said about all these different uses of the date palm are uses that can happen over and over and over again. You don't have to cut the tree down to get these results. It's a tree that is useful year after year after year. I really appreciate our amazing tech team and creative team that we have at the church, especially when I send them pictures just before service starts and say, could we please get this on the screen? So I sent them a picture of hurricane damage just moments before our first service today, and I appreciate that they turn this around. Look at this. When a powerful hurricane hit this community in the Caribbean, everything that is built by man is either damaged or destroyed. But church, Look what remains standing. Look what remains standing. Do you see the palm trees? Do you see the palm trees? Maybe you can think of watching 
one of those silly reporters during a natural disaster standing out in the hurricane force winds and what are the palm trees doing they're bending God designed the palm tree to bend but not break God designed the palm tree to survive even when facing hurricane force extreme winds and God in his word says as a child a son or a daughter of mine you are like the palm tree hurricane force winds of culture and confusion may blow against you you may bend but you will not break after our first service this morning a lady came up to me and she was uh, telling me about flying into the island of Guam after a natural disaster and across the island many of the buildings had been destroyed but yet still standing what looked like toothpicks from high in the air as they became closer it was clear that what was still standing were the palm trees the palm trees were still standing now she said many of them had lost their leaves but the trunks were still standing and what's so powerful yes the branches may have been destroyed for a moment but as a living palm tree the fruit will come back again the branches will come back again and maybe you've been in a place where emotionally spiritually some way you feel like you have been beat up you've been through it and you are not producing in your life the spiritual fruit that you once enjoyed and God may be saying you may be like that palm tree that has survived the storm and your leaves are gone but God is saying stay rooted stay close you will produce fruit again stay rooted stay close God's not done with you you will produce fruit again God has more for you in this life How encouraging is this when we feel discouraged and it feels like the evil and the confusion is winning our father in heaven he sees that and he says weed 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 the time is running out it will not last and yet if you are a child of God he looks at you and he says you are like a cedar of Lebanon you are like a rooted palm tree and you will survive you will thrive because why Roots produce resilience. Roots produce strength. And roots produce usefulness. Psalm 92, verse 13. For they, speaking about people who are followers of Christ, who are children of God, for they are transplanted, transplanted to the Lord's own house. They flourish in the courts of our God. Godly people will flourish under his covering. So you and I, we have a choice, and it's an ongoing choice that we make. Are we, are we going to desire to flourish under whatever culture happens to be approving today? Or is it our desire to flourish in the courts of our Lord, to flourish under what God says is good? Culture's approval may come quickly. And may appear good for a moment but if in the end if it's against God it will come to an end 
It's so good how the New Living Translation uses the word transplanted. Transplanted. Many of you would say it is your life story, like mine, where once you were living entangled in the weeds of sin and destruction and rebellion against God's ways, and your Heavenly Father is so good, He transplanted you. He transplanted you. And he moved you out of what is against him through the blood of Jesus Christ. And he transplanted you into his kingdom. And you are now a son of God. You are now a daughter of God. Redeemed and restored by the blood of Jesus Christ. Is anyone awake at 1224? Verse 14. Even in old age. We don't have any old people here. But when you get old. Whenever you get there. Even in old age, God's people will still produce fruit. I'm not saying that. This is what the word says. Even in old age, God's people will still produce fruit. They will remain vital. Vital. You catch that word? Critical. Even in old age, you are vital, essential to God's purposes. Even in old age, God's people will still produce fruit. They will remain vital and green. While weeds are here today, gone tomorrow, short-range view, palm trees and the cedars of Lebanon are pictures of the long-range view. The cedar of Lebanon can live for more than a thousand years. The palm tree, it can take 30 years before it produces useful fruit, yet then it can live to be more than 200 years old. God has a purpose for us in every life season. I felt challenged in my heart to share this with you today. We have amazing single parents in our church. You have single parents in your neighborhoods, in your workplaces. Some single parents, they may say, I've got this all on my own. Praise God if that's you. We also know that there are many, many single moms and single dads, and it's a struggle. And they are desperately longing for spiritual parents grandparents and great-grandparents to come alongside single mothers of sons who are longing for a man who loves Jesus to come alongside and to be a spiritual parent, spiritual dad, spiritual grandpa, spiritual great-grandparent. We have single dads raising daughters who are longing for women who love Jesus, a woman who loves Jesus to come alongside their daughter and to be a spiritual mom, grandma, or great-grandmother. Every week on Wednesday nights, we have Royal Rangers, which is like a scouting program for boys and young men. We have girls' ministries for elementary age girls. Imagine the impact, the multiplying impact that you could possibly have if you'd be willing to say yes. Yes, I will speak life into a young man. Yes, I would be willing to be an encourager of a young girl. And maybe you're saying, I can't do that. I don't know the curriculum. I'm not sure I want to wear that uniform, whatever. We're simply looking for people who are willing to stand in the gap and to be a spiritual parent, a spiritual grandparent, or spiritual great-grandparent. 
And if you said to our kids' pastors, Rob and Stephanie Bennett, if you said, I don't know what you need, but I'd be willing to come on Wednesday nights, and I would be willing to speak life into young people, they will use you. And you may be the one who is most blessed out of all of it as you watch your words of encouragement work in the life of the next generation. We've seen as we've talked today about how God values our personal faith journey of becoming rooted in Christ, of standing on Christ. And we also see woven through God's word how God highly values the gathering together of followers of Christ. There is a phrase that we find repeated in Paul's letters to start up churches in the first century. The phrase is this, the church that meets. The church that meets. Let's say that together. The church that meets. Romans 16, Paul is writing about his friends, a couple, Priscilla and Aquila. He calls them co-workers in the ministry of Jesus Christ. He talks about how Priscilla and Aquila once risked their lives for him. He says, I'm thankful for Priscilla and Aquila in Romans 16, 5, and give my greetings to the church that meets in their home. Give my greetings to the church that meets. Colossians 4, verse 15. Paul says, please give my greetings to our brothers and sisters in Laodicea and to Nympha and the church that meets, the church that meets in her house. Paul writes a letter to his friend Philemon. We have it in our Bible. It's called Philemon. And once again, Paul writes to his friend and he says, uh, extends greetings and talks about who he's with. And he says, give my, my greetings, give my best, Philemon too to the church that meets in your house. Be part of a church that meets. Be part of a church that gathers together. Following Christ is incomplete without community. Following Christ is incomplete without community. We miss out if personal commitment or community are missing from our faith journey. It's God's plan that we would have both, both personal commitment and community as we pursue Christ. Some of you might say, I'm very committed to my personal devotions and I viewed being part of the faith community as optional, something I do here and there when I feel up to it. There are others who would say, I really love coming together with my church family, I'm all in. Yet you would say that your personal devotion time is not where it should be. And what we're saying today is that it's not either or, it's both and. It's personal devotions and also it's gathering together in community. Why would we settle for less than the best that God has to offer and the best that God has planned for us? We pray that this week's message has been practical, encouraging, and challenging. Let us know if you made a first-time commitment or recommitment to following Christ. Visit peopleschurch.com and click Connect to share your decision with us. 
There is great value in being a part of a Christ-centered, Bible-teaching faith community. If you are looking for a church home, Pastor Tom Murray invites you to People's Church in Salem. Sunday morning and evening worship services, group Bible studies, relevant engaging activities for kids and youth in safe, secure environments. Watch messages anytime or plan your visit at peopleschurch.com.